As we study the Gospels, we find Jesus constantly teaching. Sometimes he's teaching in the temple, using the scroll. But many other times, Jesus' preferred method of teaching was to take the situations and circumstances they were going through in everyday life and use that as an object lesson. So in the Gospels, when Jesus is speaking, Jesus is teaching. But when Jesus is silent, Jesus is teaching. When Jesus is present, Jesus is teaching. But even when Jesus is absent, Jesus is teaching. And that fact alone should be a lesson for us. It is not just when God shows up and removes our trouble that he's teaching us. But even while we go through the waiting period, waiting for things to change, waiting for something to shift, waiting on something to break open in our lives, even in the waiting, he is teaching. In our text, Jesus has sent the disciples ahead of him across the sea while he goes alone to a mountain to pray. So the disciples are separated from Jesus and Jesus is separated from them. And while they are separated, a storm arises. And there will be times in your life, if you follow God for any amount of time, there will be moments where you encounter a storm and you feel far from God and alone. There will be moments when a storm rises up and you wonder, God, where are you? Do you know that I'm going through a storm? What made this particular storm so challenging is the disciples were isolated out in the middle of the sea. Now, no storm is comfortable, but dealing with trouble when you're isolated is an exceptionally hard challenge because loneliness and isolation tend to magnify the trouble. Nobody wants to go through a storm alone. We've been focusing in our country and in our media about a particular health crisis. They told us to isolate ourselves inside our home, but nobody has mentioned all of the crisis that was already going on in many homes all over the world. And so now the isolation, when you can't go anywhere else and you can't do anything else and you can't get away from it, the isolation has not helped the problem. It has magnified and made you focus on it. It's not like the problem goes away just because you have to stay in your house and close your doors. And the loneliness and the isolation that the disciples are going through is terrible to them. They are terrified. They are in fear. Now, you would have thought that the disciples would have had a faith advantage because they lived with the greatest faith teacher ever to live. They walked around with him. They were there for all of his messages. But now the teacher has left the, cl the classroom and given the students an opportunity to apply what they've learned while they are in isolation. That's what loneliness and isolation does. It gives you an opportunity to apply what you have learned when the test comes. And occasionally the teacher will leave the class to give you the opportunity to see how much you have grown and how much you have learned. And storms don't always come from the devil. So rebuking this one may not work. 
Sometimes the storms that come are a test from God to give you the ability to see how much progress you've made and how much you have matured. That's what a test does. A test reveals how much you've been paying attention during the class. Oh, I'm going to say it again. I said a test reveals how much you've been paying attention while you were in the class. So the storm was not designed to kill the disciples. The storm was designed to test them. The storm was not designed to kill you, Christian world. It was simply designed to test you. Do you really have faith or will you fall over in fear? Will you still keep worshiping God when it's not convenient to worship? Will you still get up on Sunday morning even if you have to stay in your car? Will you still be faithful when the world is falling apart around you? I want to test how much faith is there. Jesus asked the question concerning the last days. He said, Will there even be faith left? I hurt for the Lord as I watch so many places close. As I watch so many people of faith slowly begin to slip over into fear. I hurt for the Lord. I feel his pain when he asks that question. Will there even be faith left? But I want to send heaven a loud message this morning. I want to send it up from San Antonio, live and in person, on the radio and on television. Hey, Jesus, there's still a little bit of faith left. It's not designed to kill you. It is designed to test you. And you don't have to fear the test if you've been taking your classes. You don't hear what I'm saying. I said you don't have to fear the test if you've been taking your classes. You have been prepared for this, people of faith. You have been taught how to deal with things like this. You have been taught never to embrace fear. For our God has not given us the spirit of fear. You are to reject fear at all points where it tries to introduce itself into your life. And you are to pick up the shield of faith to fight off every fiery dart of the enemy. That is what you've been taught for years. You know it so well you can quote it. Why don't you start standing in it and living in it and refusing to operate in any measure of fear? I am not afraid. Come on, somebody say it. I am not afraid. If you're watching me online, say it. I am not afraid. The text says that in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus started walking to the disciples who were in the middle of a storm, and he was walking on the water. Strange verse in the scripture. You understand as well as I do that Jesus is God. If Jesus chose to, he could have simply manifested himself from where he was praying on the mountain instantly into the boat. But he chose not to show up quickly. Whoo! 
hallelujah. I said sometimes God delays his arrival so he can teach you something in the process. I told you it's not designed to kill you. It's designed to test you. So instead of just showing up immediately and calming the storm, he goes for a stroll and starts walking to them on the middle of the water. Moving in the middle of the storm. Did you hear me? I said moving out in the middle of the storm. Notice some of the steps of the text. Point number one, I want you to notice the presence of God. But here's the thing. It's hard to notice the presence of God when you don't recognize Him. And what the storm did was it allowed Jesus to show up in a way the disciples had never recognized him before. That's what this storm is doing. It's allowing people of faith to see a side of Jesus that we have never seen before. It's allowing you to meet the God that you've known for a long time, but meet him in such a new way that you don't hardly recognize him. He started walking to them on the sea. And at first they think that it's a ghost. Because new storms give God the ability to reveal himself in new ways. And God is using the storm to teach them that he is present. Out in the middle of the thing that they are going through. And this is important. Because there's some things you learn about God in a storm that you would never learn in Bible study. There's some things you learn about God in a storm that you can't learn sitting in a church pew. There's some things you learn about God going through a storm they can't teach you in Bible college. For some lessons, you just simply have to go through the storm. Because you can never learn that your God is a healer unless you go through a storm in your health. You can never learn that your God is a provider unless you go through a storm in your resources. Sometimes it takes a storm for God to show you who he really is in your life and the presence of Jesus showing up in the storm is beautiful but I want you to notice that he doesn't immediately stop the storm he stands out in the storm and he gives them a word while the ship is rocking back and forth taking on water slowly beginning to sink Jesus just stands out there lets the wind keep blowing lets the waves keep crashing up lets everything keep going crazy and he just gives them a word he says hey be encouraged yeah. it's me yeah. disciples about to fall into the ocean and drown and Jesus standing out there saying hey be encouraged me. In other words, he's trying to teach them the point. I don't want you to wait until I stop your storm for you to be encouraged. I want you to have enough faith to be encouraged once you know that I'm here with you. Because if I'm here with you, these waves can get as tall as they want. If I'm here with you, that boat can break apart if it wants to. If I am here with you, the wind can keep on blowing. If I am here with you, you should be encouraged. And when he does this, when he speaks this word, the disciples were still terrified. And Peter said in verse 28, if it's really you. 
And if you really want me to be encouraged, tell me to come to you on the water. And so Jesus says, come. And that teaches us the second point from the text, the provision of God. It is through the presence of God showing up in the storm that Peter learns about the provision of God. If that's really you, here's how I'm going to test it. Watch this, folks. Watch this, people that love your Bible. Peter said, if that's really you, here's how I'm going to test it. Provide a way for me to come to you. Because Peter knows enough about God's character that he knows this. God will never show up with his presence and not bring with it his provision. Wherever God's presence is, God's provision will be there also. So he says, if you're really present, then provide a way for me to walk on the water too. And Jesus says, come. Verse 29 says, Peter climbed down out of the boat. And there's something prophetic there that I want you to notice. This is a process. This, this wasn't a rowboat, you understand. There, there were 12 disciples in this thing. It was a big boat. So Peter had to go through a process of climbing down out of it. It's a prophetic picture of climbing down out of an old system that had been providing for you in order to trust God for a new system he has made a way for Sometimes God allows storms so that he can prove to you that he doesn't need your old system in order to provide for you. Oh, I'm going to say that again. Sometimes God allows storms to come in your life so he can prove to you he doesn't need the old system that was supporting you in order to keep holding you up in the new day you're living in now. If the boat breaks down, Peter... I got you. I can still hold you up. If the job breaks down, I got you. I don't need that old boat. I can still hold you up. If the economy breaks down, I got you. If the society breaks down, I got you. If the relationship breaks down, I got you. I don't need what used to hold you up to stay together in order for me to keep you as my child. God said, Peter, I can provide for you out here in the deep. I can hold you up, listen to me, with strange provisions. I can hold you up with provisions that you don't even understand. You thought you lost something when you lost the boat? No! If you got me, I'll show you how to stand without a boat. You thought you lost something because you lost the connections with those people? Don't mourn and bury your head. God said, if you got me, I'll show you how to stand without it. And so Jehovah Jireh provides a way for, for Peter to, to step out on something that shouldn't be holding him and yet stand in the provision of God. So now Peter transitions from standing to walking on the water. But anytime you're walking on the water, you have this issue. When you're walking in the supernatural provisions of God, there is some level of intimidation because, quite frankly, it makes no sense. I'm standing, but I don't know how I'm standing. It doesn't make any sense. 
I paid all the bills, but I don't know how I paid all the bills. It makes no sense. I'm still healthy. I don't know how I'm still healthy. I work with people that got sick. It makes no sense. I, I'm standing out here and God is enabling me to do things that, that, that make no sense. And if it makes no sense, it's wonderful and terrifying all at the same time. Have you ever had God bless you with a blessing that made no sense and you were happy about the blessing, but in the back of your mind you were kind of worried and scared because the blessing you received made absolutely no sense? And what you're wondering is, listen to me, what you're wondering is, is God, how long can you keep this up? Some of you received strange provision last week or two weeks ago. You testified and, and you told me about it. And you shouted over the strange provision. And you were happy about the strange provision. But you thought in the back of your mind, God, that was great. But, but how long can you keep this up? Some of you have had some people work with you. And some of you have had some, some breaks and some doors open during this crisis. But in the back of your mind, you're looking at the news saying we're going to be shut down for the rest of April and possibly into May. And you're wondering in the back of your mind, you're standing now, you're still strong now, but you're wondering in the back of your mind, God, how long can you keep this up? And Peter's in that situation. He, each step he is taking is a literal miracle. But he's wondering, God, how long can you keep this up? And while he's walking in the story, he is torn in the tension between what he sees in the natural and what he believes in the spirit. And both are pulling on him at the same time. My heart's been breaking lately because I've seen so many people who were strong in their faith. Start slowly going over to the side of fear. Because every time you turn your television on, pick up your newspaper, scroll through your social media feed, all you are seeing 24 hours a day is an onslaught of fear and negativity. And this is the situation Peter was in. He was standing on the water. But when you're standing on something you shouldn't be standing on, and when you're living in a reality that doesn't make any sense, the whispers and the fears will come and start assaulting your faith, telling you it's only a matter of time before you go down. And as Peter is standing there, the enemy comes and he starts, he starts whispering into Peter's ear and he starts preaching a message. You didn't know the devil could preach, did you? The devil's an excellent preacher. He starts preaching a message in Peter's ear called, what if? It's a great message. I don't know if you've ever heard it. The message is, what if? I know you're standing now, but what if? I know you're in the house now, but what if? I know you got plenty of groceries now, but what? I, I know everybody's healthy in your family now, but what if? And the longer the enemy preached the what if message to Peter, even though he was standing in the supernatural provision of God, slowly but surely the tension on his faith 
and the what if message caused the man that was standing in the supernatural one minute to start to sink the next. What if? What if I fail? What if I do get sick? What if we do lose it? And Peter began to sing. Now, if all God had to work with was his presence and his provision, then the fear-based message of what if would be an excellent weapon against the believer. Because truth of the matter is, what if you fail? What if you get sick? Nobody's perfect. Nobody's immortal. What if you do lose the job? What if they do take the house? What do you do if you can't stand in your faith long enough to survive this challenge? And to that question, we have the third point of the text. We talked about the presence of God. And we've seen the supernatural provision of God. But point number three is the power of God. Because when Peter's faith began to fail, and he began to sink and stumble out of the supernatural provision that he was standing in, even though he sank because of fear, the scripture says that immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. And Jesus was standing there saying, I'm going to give you two options. I'm going to give you two options. I'm going to give you two options. These are the same two options every one of you have here today. These are the same two options every one of you have watching online. If you belong to Jesus, you got two options. Option number one, you can stand in the middle of the storm when everything around you is sinking. You can stand in the middle of the storm and laugh in the face of fear and terror. You can stand in the middle of the storm and believe the promises of God against all odds and against all evidence. You can stand. Or, if you fall in fear, you can throw out your hand. And you can say what Peter said, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately stretched out his hand. So whether you're standing in a strong Christian world, or whether you're about to sink, Jesus Christ is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. He will either empower you to stand or he'll reach out his hand and keep you from falling. One way or the other, you're going to make it through this. One way or the other, God's going to cause you to stand strong. One way or the other. He said, if I have to hold you by the hand, all the way back to the boat. You can either stand and walk with me or I'll carry you. But what I won't do, I won't ever let you go. I came to tell you, he's never going to let you go. I came to tell you he's never gonna let you down I came to tell you I was young and now I'm old I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging for bread God is faithful so whether you do like me and you get your your all faith no fear shirt on And whether you stand, regardless of what they say, 
Whether you fight when they want to fight and come after them when they come after you. Whether you draw your sword and decide I'm standing no matter what. Or whether you break down and you start weeping and you say, God, I can't do it anymore. The same Savior offers two options on either side of where you're standing. And he promises you that he will not allow your foot to be moved. He will not allow you to be overcome. He will not allow you to be destroyed. He will save you whatever it costs. That's the message. That's the message of the cross. Don't you understand? We don't need a new revelation for the times we're going through. We don't need a new gospel. We don't need a new Bible. We don't need a new solution. The message of the cross was that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. When no one in the human race was able to stand against the judgment of a righteous and pure and holy God, Jesus said, I'm going to stretch out my arm to all of you that have fallen. The scripture says that he gives power to the faint and to those who have no might, he increases their strength. The scripture says he is mighty to save the weak and the stumbling ones. And so he stretched out his hand. That's what he did for Peter. He stretched out his hand. That's what he did when Israel was going through the plagues. He stretched out his hand. And that's what he did on the cross. He stretched out his hand and said, I'm not willing to let you go. I'm not willing to let you fall. I'm not willing to let you be taken. I'm not willing to let you be destroyed. I love you so much. I'll stretch out my hands. And he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was laid upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. And we're able to stand either strong and bold and fearless. Or we're able to stand like a little boy who's just learning to walk and can't keep his balance on his own and has to keep holding on to daddy. However you have to get through this, if you get through it in your faith, good on you. But if you have to, st to stumble through it and, and, and almost fall every day, but just keep holding on to the hand of daddy, either way, you're going to make it through it. So Father, in the name of Jesus, to everyone that's about to fall, to everyone that's about to faint. Your word says, and we stand on it and we believe it, that you give power to the faint. So even though they're in their car this morning, or even though they're in their living room watching me live, or even though they're on their radio listening to this message, in the name of Jesus Christ, wherever they are, wherever they're receiving it, I speak power to the faint in the name and the authority of Jesus Christ. I speak power to the faith. I speak power to the faith in the name of Jesus. I speak power to the faith in the name of Jesus. And to those who have no might, that's what he said, to those who have no might, he increases their strength. 
I speak in the name of Jesus that your strength, whatever level it is, would increase right now. I speak in the name of Jesus that your strength, your faith, your finances, your resources, your health, your energy, your family, this neighborhood, the people across the street from me, this region, this community, I speak it will increase in the name of Jesus. It will increase in the name of Jesus. I don't know if you can stick your hand out your window or maybe up on your roof right now, maybe up through your moon roof, but get your hand out however you can. The presence of the Lord is coming down. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is coming down. The weak are getting stronger. The lame are getting strength back. The powerless are feeling their strength increase. In the name of Jesus, he has never lost. Receive your strength right where you're sitting. Receive your strength right where you're watching. Receive your strength.
in this parking lot watching online or listening in their radio and you're scared right now not because of what's going on in the country you're scared seeing a storm like this come and you know you're not where you need to be with the Lord you haven't fully surrendered your heart and given yourself to him and you need to accept him as your Lord and Savior but there's something that's been holding you back. So right now, what I want to invite everyone to do, the book of Romans 10 is so clear. It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, said that you will be saved, and it says whoever calls on the name of the Lord in faith shall be saved. Wherever you can hear me, if you're in the neighborhood and you can hear me, if you're in the car and you can hear me, if you're three miles down the road on Walsham and somehow this word got to your ear, I want to invite you to pray the prayer of salvation with me. Our God's salvation was so powerful that he made accessing it as simple as believing with your heart and confessing with your mouth. Turning from yourself, that's what repentance means, turning from yourself, refusing to trust your own self for your salvation. And trusting in Him, trusting in His words, trusting in His ways, trusting in His laws. And if you would like to do that today, I invite you to bow your head and lay your hand over your heart and say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are who the gospel says you are. I believe you died for my sins. And on the third day, I believe God the Father raised you from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. Today I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Today I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. Today I ask you to hold me with your hand. I receive your salvation. I receive you into my heart. In the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. Honk your horn. Clap your hands. Flash your lights. Give God some kind of any kind of Prophesy over the region. Prophesy. 
prophesy over this church. Prophesy over the car. Prophesy over the families. Prophesy over this community. The power of God be released. The anointing of God be released. We will have dominion in the name of Jesus. We will have victory in the name of Jesus. We speak the blessing of God over you. We speak the strength of God over you. We speak the healing of God over you. We speak the anointing of God over you. We speak the power of God over you. We speak the love of God over you. In the name of Jesus, be healed. In the name of Jesus, poverty be broken. In the name of Jesus, drug abuse be broken. In the name of Jesus, domestic violence be broken. In the name of Jesus, we're calling our children home. In the name of Jesus, we're calling our children home. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, you can move here if you want to. You can move right now if you want to. You can move in the vehicles if you want to. We don't need a building. We don't need a pew. We don't need a platform. You can move how you want to. If you feel the presence of the Lord coming over you, just receive Him. If you feel something unique happening to you, just receive it. Be ye filled with the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. of the Lord over you. We speak the strength and peace of God over you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we speak health and safety over your health, your family, and your finances. In the name of Jesus Christ, we say you will increase and not decrease. That you will be the head and not the tail. That you would be above only and not beneath. That you would be the lender and not the borrower. That your God would work wonders miracles in your life in Jesus name in my opinion there's no greater expression of faith than doing what you're doing right now you that made the decision to come out here and worship your God any way you could I give honor to you I bless you and I am so proud of you 
Those of you that couldn't come or that are watching online, thank you as well for staying connected. It's hard to give your full attention and your full focus to a church service that's happening on your phone or your computer. Thank you for staying connected with us. Thank you for being a part of our church family. We love you and we honor you as well today. I want to encourage all of our members who are watching online or who are here in the parking lot. Our ushers are walking down the rows with some tithing envelopes. If you would like to give your tithe or an offering to the Lord today, if you would like to stay in covenant with Him. You know, covenant is about trust. It's about faith. If you would like to stay in your covenant as it pertains to your finances and give the Lord the tithe or an offering, they're coming by to serve you. And you can give right in your car. If you're watching me online, you can give online right now and stay connected to the kingdom of God by faith in Jesus' name. We love you so much. We speak the blessing of the Lord over you. We speak the peace of God over you. We pray that God would guard you and guide you, that he would send his angels before you, and that he would keep you in Jesus' name. Amen. You are my strength, strength like no Strength like no other reaches to me. You know it, sing with us. You are my if you need us we are here for you we are here for this community if we can help you if we can be a blessing to you you let us know we're not quitting we're not backing down we're not shutting your church down you can count on us we'll be there with you in jesus name go in faith go in strength go in might